Hello and good evening. This is Investing Should Be Easy, our show. I'm Alex Richwagen, your host, and uh, coincidentally, the author of Investing Should Be Easier, as well as a few other books that can all be found on Amazon.com. Um, email can be found at uh, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. Today's show, we're going to we're going to do a few different things. We're going to go through some mailbag questions. We're going to talk about a new upcoming IPO that goes out tomorrow, and uh, they're just going to, you know, kind of go in there. But we are gladly welcomed by our illustrious technical trader, Kobe. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm uh, thankful that you're uh, actually on board and uh, willing to help in any way I can. Well, is there any reason why I wouldn't bring you back to the show? Um, Have anything to do with the Masters? Other than, other, no, definitely doesn't have to do with the Masters. I mean, that was the first Masters I watched from beginning to end, or as close as I could say. But that. we should have been there. Is the, is, uh, that's oh, the underlying okay, tone. Okay, okay. Well, that, that, set that, you up for that one. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I said we were going to have some. Go to the Masters, and there was a wedding and all kinds of different things, and I had to make soup. Because uh, one excuse is just as good as another. <laughs> so, so, um, so what Kobe's not getting into is we had a conversation at least a year ago. Yeah. Told him I said I always want to go to the Masters, and it was it was epic. By the way, Tiger just I mean uh, to see great. him unfold, get his fifth um, green jacket, get his fifteenth overall ma uh, major. I was almost in tears at the end with we want to hug his kids, get a little emotional with the kids and whatnot. And, um, you know, it was fantastic. We should have been there. Yes, we should have. Uh, that, there's no question about that. I could have uh, uh, arranged that, and I did not. Uh, so that was my bad. However, next year at this time, we'll be telling everybody what we saw during the Masters and um, our gambling. I don't think I'll be doing the $85,000 Wisconsin guy who made $1.2 million uh, bet, but I may make some smaller bets uh, as we as we watch the show. That's that's fine uh, as long as we get there and uh, we'll get there. And um, yeah, I, every, any, anything I mentioned to like the buddies that want to go, like no questions asked. Yes, I'm in. I will figure it out. I said okay. It, it's it's a very illustrious event. Um, but I think one of the cool things that I like about it, it's funny. My wife asked me a question. Is like so I've heard things like they don't allow cell phones inside and. How do you get tickets and all these different questions she was asking us. Well, it's kind of kind of cool, like an old-school tournament that when you get there, you can't bring your phone. You literally only know about what's going on. You probably can get there like 5, 6 in the morning, and you only know what's going on between when they change the scoreboard, literally with like physical scoreboard, the roars of the crowd, what's going on, and it's really like being thrust back in time. It's a completely different experience than in a modern golf tournament where you have your phone, you understand the world, what's going on, you almost feel free. So, so for the entire, from, from uh, the second poll on, I watched the entire Masters online. Yep. Um, Me too. And, and there was no commercials, no anything. However, they really did a piss poor job of updating the boards. I knew what was going on with the boards uh, from other sites before sure. I knew what was going on with the master site, and I couldn't understand why they were doing it that way. Um, and as they progressed, if Tiger was ahead, man, they updated that board quick. 
But if he wasn't, they kind of took their time to go and do that. Now, so there's a little strategy behind it. Well, it, it appeared to be so. Right. Long and short is it was a, it, it was an amazing uh, uh, event, and I'm I'm uh, yeah. Even if you don't play golf, it was fantastic, and I and I recommend everybody uh, have a chance to see it through. Also, we'll find out next year if, uh, how it feels like to go through. So. We'll have to twist your arm on that one. So um, something that we've been tracking lately, and uh, I've been tracking more IPOs lately, and this doesn't get into like exactly like beginner investing, but they're topics. Or I think people are curious. They want to know. We hear about it in the mailbags of, you know, hey, what do you feel about this IPO? We don't – I mean, just, just for the record straight – I don't recommend beginner investors get into IPOs. They're a risky investment. There's not a lot of track record on them. However, it does provide education along the way. There's learning opportunities. Um, Pinterest, and we think about, like, what does it mean? So Pinterest is coming out tomorrow with their IPO. IPO stands for Initial Public Offering. And it's a very interesting app that's a Silicon Valley company that doesn't have brick and mortar, they don't make their money that way. They make the money off advertising. Similarly, the Google model, it's not the exact same, but just go with me with the scenario. And what Pinterest does is they create boards, experiences for, and their demographic is mostly women. They've outlined their biggest demographics, 18 to 65. And how they do it is they, they let people create boards. And what the boards will be like, hey, I wanna have a kid's birthday party, give me 10 different ideas. And people just go in there, advertise it, and but then there's advertisers like, hey, you're looking for kids' ideas. Maybe you want a swimming toys or swimming gear, some suits. And then they'll advertise right in the sections. They click through it. Um, it's pretty successful overall. So I, I, I've been on Pinterest many times. Yep. And um, uh, my 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 first frustration with them was when I had to register. And you're not their audience there. anyway. No, so. no, no, I'm not, not that. Uh, that female at that, that demographic. But um, what was interesting was in the last couple of weeks, uh, my son has just finished a, an amazing uh, piece of furniture uh, with uh, it's a live edge table with yep. industrial table base. Seen that? Like that. It's beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. And he put it on Pinterest. And when he told me it cost 20 cents, I was like, what, 20 cents per hundred we sell it for? He goes, no, 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 that's 20 cents. Huh? I, I mean, I just couldn't imagine that's all they were charging was twenty yeah. cents. So we were able to list it on Pinterest for twenty, literally twenty cents. And I was like, okay, well, if if it sells, this is this is literally a a nine thousand dollar piece. That if it sells, it's like <laughs> that's the best twenty cents. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, so I was kind of surprised at, uh, but I guess because of the volume that they do, obviously, and I'm sure there's some other ways they make money and whatnot. But but that's when when we were looking at it most recently, I was very surprised at uh, how reasonable the the rates were. Well, um, as far as by the money standpoint, this is something that jumped out at me when I started doing the research, and I'm interested in this IPO. Um, I may even participate in. I'll, I'll I'll let you know next next week how it does, but um. Inside their prospectus and how they gain customers and what they're trying to do, they're from 2017 to 18, their their revenues um, jumped uh, 60% to just over 700 million, 750 million dollars. So those 20 cents yeah, are adding up. Cents. I mean, well, think, think about. And then okay, at last, times the, five, 20 cents times five. So what do you have to have? 
$750 million. So you have to have 3 billion people go ahead and average, or 3 billion advertisers. Could be there. Yeah. And then um, their net losses uh, were cut in half to, to $63 million. So they're growing, they're getting more money, and their net losses... How do you lose money on a situation like that? Most of the silicon giants, they're, they project to lose money for a, a good certain period of time. Oh, you're talking about for all the all the overhead they have. Yes. Uh, yes. Okay. And that's going forward, everything else, and that's kind of the way it's going. Right. That's something that jumped out to me is they're making money, they're advertising money, and their losses are going down significantly. Um, just one of those data points that I grabbed onto around what's going on with the company. Um, they've got about just under 300 million active monthly users. Um, of that, 100, 184 are international, so they've got room to grow. Um, average revenue Prius user is around um, just under, just over nine dollars. Really? Really? So they're getting, and I think about this. So my wife, we're about to have our second kid. There is no end that she's going to go to on how to decorate a kid's birthday party. I do not doubt that she'll click on an advertiser's link or something else. Guess what? They click on the link. Doesn't matter if they buy or not. Advertisers paying them to list, and then as well as they're going to increase that, they're going to see that revenue traffic to get more people on their websites. So, so, so it's not necessarily from the person who's clicking the link they're getting the money. There's okay, so I'm going to have to look in that twenty cent thing, see how many people click our link, and then that may so, get everything all together. So you might want to you might want to think about increasing your twenty cents to maybe a dollar twenty. Let's get gets you know. 100, 100, or a big, you know, 600% movement right there. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's something that's interesting to me, and uh, I kind of want to keep track of it. But um, I wanted to spend the majority of today's show on some mailbag questions that we got. Um, and instead of what we did last time, Kobe's going to read uh, the question, and we're going to talk about it. Kobe, Kobe's going to uh, paraphrase the thing. Uh, I'm considering working with a financial planner. Um, is he a fiduciary is my first question. Um, like my parents... You can't really ask the questions back. These are mailbag questions. Right, but I'm hoping that the person is going to listen to that. And the next person who asks that is thinking that same question. I'm thinking, so if you don't have a, somebody who's a fiduciary um, when you're having a financial planner, um, years and years ago, John Sestina had a, was one of the best financial planners out there, and he did not charge a percentage, he charged a rate. Um, so, so, so figuring out what the rate's going to be, and the reason I say that, so, so in that first part of the part of the question, is that if you you invest ten thousand dollars and and you have, okay, one percent is a hundred dollars, two percent is two hundred dollars, so on. If you make seven percent, okay, great, fantastic. Oh my gosh, that's that's a, that's a great, especially when you're you you have a uh, savings rate of what one percent maybe. Yeah, one percent. So the whole the whole point is is that that it, you're making seven times more. However, if you're being charged a substantial amount, substantial being a uh, hundred dollars, two hundred, three hundred dollars on ten thousand, that is not. I mean, think about that. You've just lost um, what is it, twelve percent, a fifteen percent on if if you made seven thousand dollars on ten thousand. Seven hundred dollars and ten thousand. You lost 
$100, you've just lost about 15%. That's, that's something's majorly wrong with that. So when I see financial planner, it scares me. Anyways. Um, what was the question, Kobe? I, I'm sorry. I, you're, you're right. I'm getting back to that. Wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 this is about the mailbag question. Well, their, their, crop, their costs per year is around $1,000 for the service, which is $1,000 for the service. Um, okay. Uh, would I rather invest a thousand dollars or would you recommend working with a well-established financial planner? Um, unless he's a friggin' unicorn, <laughs> which I, what is what I call what beats the S and P 500 for more than 10 years in a row. Uh, no, I don't recommend that. Alex may have a different feeling on that, but I do not recommend you work with somebody who's going to charge you a thousand dollars per year on how much money that's the only thing you didn't say i'm thinking ten thousand dollars a year is a a substantial amount of money um and so that's what i'd be looking at and if he's charging a thousand dollars a year on that that's scary to me he's charging you ten percent and if you make seven you just lost three percent on the money so i would i would personally say no um however i don't know what uh any other more information on that all right, so I'm going to go back and read the questions. We didn't get really get it out of Kobe. So um, we got a question from Patrick. Qu Patrick said, I'm considering working with a financial planner like my parents have done. Their cost is around 1000 per year with their services. I'd rather invest 1000 Do you rec Do you recommend working with a well-established financial planner even though it's expensive? <laughs> no, I don't. So, I, unless he's a unicorn, I don't know. So, and the unicorn he's meaning is um, the financial planner itself. Um, I, I think if you're starting out, it doesn't make a lot of sense to give your smaller, well-earned capital to somebody else. So let's 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 at least if it's a beginner <coughs> investor, which I believe this is, let's say they have less than ten thousand dollars. That's ten percent of their overall capital, or more, or more. So. I'm going to say no from that standpoint. So your goal is to make at least um, 10% on the stock market, not give away 10%. So you're already starting in the hole, which is a bad thing. I think if you want to start off, you want to gain some confidence and you want to understand, hey, how does investing work? You want to get more comfortable with the whole situation. And I would go into approach, we talked about this on the last show, was start off with a few base um, ETFs, which are exchange-traded funds, they're basket of stocks to get yourself comfortable. I scale into the approach. I, you know, say if I've got ten thousand, maybe I want to invest a thousand dollars a month for ten months until I'm fully vested, and then take a look at your financial situation. Then get some early gains, um, get some different price points, and move from there. So I agree with Kobe. I don't. I wouldn't spend thousand dollars on a financial planner. Um, I, think. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, it, it, it is so... Also, if the financial planner loses you money, um, but he's investing in just index funds, you could have done that yourself. That's the... Especially. I mean... And the index funds that I like, um, you know, Fidelity, if you open up an account, you can open up with the, using their ETFs at no commission, no trading, no fees at all. Except for the point zero zero one two percent of um, you know their index fee fund, which is nothing, to invest in right in their funds like that to me is such a no brainer of a small mid cap 
um, you even a financial ETF that's going to pay you a lot more handsomely and it'll, it'll benefit you over the long term. So if you have a financial planner who is saying, I'm going to charge you XYZ dollars. Yep. Great. No problem. I have a problem with that. Uh, and you, okay, you say you have a aggressive investor, a medium term investor, and a very, very conservative investor. Three different things. And if he can show you in that, in those three uh, categories, how he's invested over the last 10 years, and he's beat the S&P 500 <clears throat> index fund or, or ETF for that 10 years, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. But I'm almost going to guarantee you that didn't happen. Uh, it is such a rare occurrence, and that's why I call it a unicorn. It's actually minus the fees and minus other things. Oh, because it's not fees, advertising, all the different things they need to do. But for here, that here's fund. here's a perfect example. So, um, my uh, my wife's mom used to work for Edward Jones, mm -hmm. and I'll give you the. Um, there's other apps of like you can invest in them for they call it free, but they they get money in other different ways like Robinhood, Acorns. Um, those are small outfits on an app in order to start investing. And going back to Edward Jones, think about it. Pennies, zero to invest on the upfront. Fidelity charges $5 a trade for a stock, zero for an ETF. For Edward Jones, these like financial planners, they want to put you in their mutual funds because they're getting more fees there. The upfront trading cost is like $30 a trade, which is crazy to me. Um, so you've also, there's all these other fees that you're going to accumulate on the way. It's not just the thousand dollars is going to be hidden things especially like a mutual fund is going to take a bigger portion of your portfolio one to three percent so so even if you have a an, a, a mutual fund that is quote-unquote an index fund which is so they're investing in every single thing that the S&P 500 or the, the Dow Jones they're basically investing in the whole market yeah and so they, they don't have to think about it they, have to, they just take those stocks and go ahead and invest in there and so there's no work for them. They just, if if something comes in that particular 500 stocks, they invest in it. If it comes out, they, they sell it. But other than that, they don't. Uh, so there's not any real work they have to do. But even if that, you still have uh, uh, management funds as, uh, or management fees as far as them sending you a bill, advertising things, telling people. So there's other costs inside of that thing that, that really shouldn't be there. Yeah. So it's, it is because that's how they make their money. It's just, it's going to be a lot of fees and a lot of things that are not up front. Um, so we're going to hit up our, our second question. And uh, again, if you have other questions, alex.richwagon at gmail.com. That's alex.richwagon at gmail.com. The next question, we get another one from Patrick, is um, I have a 401k through my employer. I contribute the max amount that is matched. I also contribute to a Roth IRA. Are, they, are there other investments that you recommend as I continue building my financial portfolio? Is he maxed out? That's my first question. If he is maxed out at, and can't invest anymore between a Roth IRA, which was what, $5,000? $6,000. dollars here now? And then you have somebody who's maxed out. So, this, so this, is a, this isn't a present cash flow or present money situation. Not about the regular portfolio. This is a future I'm saving for retirement question. Oh, the Roth IRA is freaking fantastic as long as you're not you're not using that financial planner to go ahead and plan it so, for you. Uh, so from the four one K is most companies will match um, you know five percent, four percent, something like that. So you put in five, they match five, it's great. Um, 
So you insane, and, and I always take that back. Yeah, of course. You take that all day long. I think you want to look at um, another thing is look at the investment options that the company offers. Like how vanilla are the investments? Can you do better in a um, another vehicle? But you are getting the tax benefit. So, so you're getting a. So what's what's interesting about <laughs> what's interesting about the uh, matching funds? Now, yep. Yep. What when when a company offers that whoever's managing that fund they are now considered a fiduciary if they are making any profit or anything off of that fund that does not benefit you that and this is a whole different different subject that right there is not being a fiduciary or being in your best interest they're in their best interest and you're I don't know if this is going the right direction with well, fiduciary. Well, I'm just saying that, that, that we're dealing with, with funds that are matched. You need to make... But the question is more alone. What, what are the investments that we should recommend to continue building, building financial portfolios? Is it about fiduciaries? Or? Well, 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 but, but it, it is in one, one particular aspect. Here's the deal. If, if you are doing a 5% match and you're not making money in that category... Okay, we usually need to look at that and say why. As far as what you're investing in in your Roth IRA all day long, every day, uh, yeah, that's where you want to put your, your extra money at. Beyond that, if you can go ahead and say I've maxed out in my uh, uh, matching funds and I've maxed out in my uh, Roth IRA, then you have some other things to consider. My personal preference would be to go ahead and set, which is a self-employment thing, Start a small business and then add money to that account. However, if you don't have a small business and no desire to have a small business, Alex, what do you recommend after that? I'm thinking the ETFs because there's so so few uh, uh, charges for that. So I think there, the question that I would naturally ask if we could get you know, get more information into Patrick, like the first question would be, what are your short-term, long-term goals? So I want to understand that as well. What day do you want to retire? Um, that'll kind of start to give you a financial planning model of what are you shooting for. So I'm a huge fan of having multiple vehicles, uh, multiple mediums of investments. I like to have a 401k. I like to have an IRA. I like to have a Roth IRA. I like to have a traditional brokerage account. And the reason why is when I reach my finish line, and everybody reaches their own finish line someday. It's just a matter of when and how aggressive you are to get there. Um, if you have your own business, other vehicles that you have, other cash flows, real estate, something else, subsidize that. So in my ideal situation, I wanna have multiple um, outlets that are gonna pay me you, cash flows. basically wanna have gooses that lay the golden eggs, but you don't want one goose that lays the golden egg. You no, but also, but what also, like, if you think about it from a timing standpoint, let's say you have a very long, healthy life. You live to your 80s, and you get to go through the Masters uh, five different times. You these so great. Um, with retail money, you could go – retail money being a traditional brokerage account through a Fidelity. I really like Fidelity. I'm not paid by them. I'm not sponsored by that. Just telling the product that I like to use because it provides a lot of different options. So with that money, it's available whenever you want. With a 401k or an IRA, you can pull from it at 59.5. A Roth IRA has different restrictions that you can pull from it, you know, at some other point. But here's the differences, though. Your 
brokerage account money is going to get taxed every single year whenever you make profits or you sell or you uh, it's if you make dividends and then you sell something you make the profit a IRA you get taxed when it comes out because it's been growing tax-free for so many years a Roth IRA is money that's already been taxed on the when you put it in and doesn't get taxed on the way out so, so there's different angles here it's, it's a much more complex question than just like off the surface but to make it simple for the the audience and then the mailbag of Patrick is I like to have multiple vehicles I would you know use the 401k if you can afford the Roth IRA and also have starting a portfolio and starting off with ETFs and sprinkle in some other um, stock picks that we like to go through that's what I would do um, that's exactly what I'm doing today and it's worked out really well for me so so once once you have your major parts of your investment ie the uh, 5% match and you have the Roth um, what would be your next thing you would do? Would it be a, a regular IRA, or would you go ahead and go with ETFs? I would go into a traditional brokerage and start off with the ETFs, and then when I got more confidence and it doesn't make me as nervous because the 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 taking the the covers off covers are on once you have a Roth or IRA and you have a traditional IRA or four hundred one k. And most of the covers are on your face and you can't see, and I'm covering my face right now because. You're not going to touch this money for like 30 years. So you're not worried about it all the time. But when you have a traditional brokerage account and then you lose a little money and the stock market goes to crap and you're like, uh-oh. Otherwise, you don't really care because it's 30 years from now. So it takes a little bit more um, stronger gut, if you will. But to answer sure. your question, traditional brokerage account, start off the uh, information of getting some ETFs and moving in that direction. That's what I would do. All right. Um, let's see how we're doing on time real quick. Um, I think we can take one more question. And uh, this one's from Landon. So this will be our last question of the night, and then we'll uh, wrap up, Kobe. Question is, what if you don't have a lot of money to invest? Should you wait until you have the money to invest, or what would you have and then invest more money as time goes by? Um, I think I covered this briefly in a, another episode um, of Investing Should Be Easy. The um, my recommendation would be you start off with one percent. So if you're making one percent of what one percent of your income. Okay. So if if you're making fifteen hundred dollars, maybe Landon really wants to keep questions and get it again. Yeah. So so what so whatever that that number is, you take one percent. Okay. So if, if if it if it is a so you're making three grand a month. Yep. Um, so you're taking a, a, a whopping $30 and you're investing that money. Okay. Okay. And so, wow, I just invested $30. Did that hurt you? No, I missed a cup, cup of coffee. I, I didn't go to whatever. Yep. It, it, it doesn't affect you whatsoever. And then within a month, I'd recommend you go to 2%. So now you got $60. Well, is that affecting you? No, it's $2,000. It's really not affecting me. Until you can actually go up to a 10% every single time, pay yourself first. I like the pay yourself first. I love that mantra. Um, it's a really, really smart way of thinking about it. And so I want to go into this, just unpackage this a little bit more, pay yourself first. So first a month, I have a mortgage. I have to pay them. Then I have the electric company. I got to pay them. I got to pay a cell phone bill. At what point do you go, when do I pay myself? And where does that money go? Do I just leave it in my savings account? 
Do I put it into a different account? Do I put it in something I can grow? That's I think that's what you're getting at is pay yourself as well or pay yourself first is like so set aside money that won't go to a bill or go somewhere else. You've got to dedicate that money, right? So so I, I would love to uh, go into a, a, the millionaire mindset uh, uh, jars, if you will. Where, what they, what, what the millionaire mindset, how do you go ahead and set money aside that you can go ahead and do different things with? Not mayonnaise jars. The, you have the managed jars. That absolutely, you have to pay your bills. You have to pay your taxes. You have to pay yourself first as far as your. Oh, I said mayonnaise bills. Huh? Not not mayonnaise jars. Not mayonnaise. Oh, not mayonnaise. I think But but there's other other categories in there, and I think there's a lot of people who do different uh, um, programs, mm -hmm. and they, they they don't set like for example something of the entertainment. I don't care if you buy yourself a pack of bubble gum. You have to do, reward yourself in some way. Yep, that's a reward. But you okay. still need to pay yourself, and you no. still need to start and, that and, way. And, and the bubble gum's last. But also giving is a huge, huge part of that. So so there's so many different variables, but, but making sure that you do certain things consistently and, that, and that's what this is all about so you don't think you need a lot of money to start no, you can start you with little i consistently. i always think about in terms of like all right can you can you get can you get rid of 50 dollars a month and it's not going to hurt you and so i like, start huh so i start with 50 dollars oh, yeah, 50 dollars yeah, to me and somebody goes well it's really really tight i can't i can't give up 50 dollars okay how about 25 dollars so so 50 dollars every two months and they go, okay, fifty dollars every three, every four months. So we're talking about twelve and a half dollars over so, a scale of four months. Like you've got to break it down to something that makes sense for you. So no, I wouldn't wait to start investing. I would figure out a number that works for you. That's not going to hurt. You're not going to care about it. And it's just like investing into a four hundred one k or something else. And, and I don't care what that number is. Yes. I'm taking one percent on three thousand dollars. I just, I would start with fifty because it's a well. It's a cell phone so, bill. Say you're, it's, making, it's, so you're making sixty grand a, a, a year. Which it's a gym is, membership. Uh, it's something. It's whatever. it's multiple packs of cigarettes. But also now you're doing the fifty, okay? And now, and you don't you don't even need to go to a hundred. Now you just go to sixty. Okay, sixty dollars a month. I'm putting away seventy dollars a month. And eventually, if you do that consistently, it, it, it's it's so. And what I are you getting? You're going to huff and puff over no, there. No, 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 no. Father's just kidding me. I'm sorry, but you have neuro-linguistic programming, which is a uh oh, we're being introduced here again. Get back again. Well, well, no, no, no. This is this is a, a, a very well-known way to go ahead and train the mind to do different things. And then you have you have something that that uh, Anthony Robbins recommends as far as it's a conditioning thing. It's you have to run that one that mile every day. You have to consistently do something every in order to grow and then you get strong and the muscle, muscles get better. So it's training. It's training. It's it's it's, it's, it's the schedule. It it's and so you have to be able to go ahead and do that and show yourself that one I can do it. Two, it doesn't hurt. So I recommend if there's any way possible, please. Have somebody else or something else take it out of your account. Okay. I like that's why that's why I like to put it on an automatic investing automatic. plan. There you go. That is that is and, and you it, know and like I said, 
take it. And, and the next month goes sixty dollars, goes seventy dollars. If if you if you took for five years, let's let's do this math real quick. Okay, so I started with fifty dollars. At the end, at the yeah, at the end of, of, of one year, now I'm doing one hundred fifty dollars. At the end of the next, uh, year, uh, excuse me, year, that's what I was. And now you're doing two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty, four hundred fifty, five hundred fifty, five hundred fifty dollars at the end of the thing. Now you're doing almost almost seven thousand dollars a year that you're putting into your retirement, and you started with. A whopping fifty dollars a month. Listen, I'll be happy, Landon, if you just start with fifty dollars a month. I'll be happy with twenty five dollars for every month for you know fifty dollars every every other month. But I'd be happy. Be it's got to be starting at some point, and you've got to make the dedication to putting another account. Um, that's all we got for tonight. Um, next week, I got a few different topics that we want to hit on. One is I've been doing a lot of research on APIs, which are application processing interfaces. It's how to... Whoa, 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 whoa. We'll That's get into it. over my head. No, it's not. It's here. I'll make it really simple for you. How was Uber and Lyft able to get to scale by connecting people through a cell phone and their contacts and locations so easily? That's what it is. So fancy apps, huh? It's it's a way to connect um, devices and people and apps through wow. different different services. You just put an API to it. So we want to talk about that. And then we also want to talk about second half of 2019. So I talked about in a few episodes ago around my hypothesis around um, a glut of inventory that's going to hit the market. And I've got an ETF that I think is going to do really well in the second half of 2019, which we'll get into um, next week. So if not next week, but the following week, maybe we can do some updates on some of your uh, picks that you think are and what they've done for the year. I'd, I'd be really interested in that. Sure. Um, we'll talk about a few of those as well. So um, that's it for tonight. Investing should be easy. I'm your host, Alex, and uh, we thank Kobe for coming back. You guys have any questions, comments, concerns? Alex.richwagon at gmail.com, and we will see you in seven days. Bye. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.